Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. Just going to read, uh, uh, I believe, three verses this morning. So let's stand if you have uh, your place there in Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. <clears throat> let's stand and read uh, the first part of our Lord's Prayer. <clears throat> Start reading with verse number 9, chapter 6. <clears throat> Jesus said, After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And we'll stop right there. <clears throat> Let us pray. Father, I thank you for, Lord, what I feel in my heart this morning. Lord, just overwhelmed with your, with your goodness this morning. Lord, I thank you that we're able to be here. Lord, I thank you for all that are able to be here. And thank you for the, the congregation, Lord, that, that you've blessed this church with. How I thank you for it. And Lord, we've come to hear from you, Lord. No one's here to hear from me, Lord. They want to hear from you. God, I pray you'd hide me behind the cross. Let them not see me, Father. Let them see you. God, would you, would you truly speak to your people? And as a congregation, Lord, can we learn here at Sand Hill to pray first in all things, I pray in Jesus' name. And amen. You can be seated. So interesting to me, I, I've, uh, I've said this different times to you guys, but I had this on my heart to preach for, I don't know if it was quite a year, but several months I've had this on my heart to preach, and really it has changed my life, it has just really changed everything for me, and I really had a desire to share it with you guys, and it just seemed like the timing wasn't right, and it just didn't come about, and, and then the Lord has blessed it to happen now, and then this particular message this morning, uh, uh, the timing of it is amazing, because God knows what he's doing, amen, and so I'm just, I'm just putting this together thinking this was on my heart. Uh, you know, a long, long time ago, and that it is coming to pass this morning is rather uh, interesting to me. So we're going to start out just a little, little introduction before we get into the text. But the age-old question, what is the meaning of life? You know, that's, that's a question everyone asks. The, the, every religion, every people group... Oh, that's just something people, what's the meaning of life? Why are we here? Are we just here to eat and sleep and make a little money and die? Is that the point? Or is there purpose to life? Listen, if there's no purpose to life, life is really quite dreary. Amen? Are you guys with me? So what is the meaning of life? Why are, we, why are you here? Interesting to me, I, I love to study on generations. The, the, for some reason, this absolutely fascinates me. Uh, I love to study on the millennials. We have a lot of millennials, thank God for that, but they are a very different breed, right? They are a very different breed. And well, here's an amazing thing I read about this. I, I'll be honest, when I read about this, because it's so opposite of my generation, 
You guys probably didn't know I wasn't a millennial. I just let you in on that secret, but I, <laughs> I'm not a millennial, okay? You thought I was, but I, I, I ruined that secret. I'm not a millennial, all right? Uh, but I, I read about millennials. There's a strange, fascinating thing about millennials. It, most, this is a generalization I know, but most millennials are more worried about is there purpose to their life than making a lot of money? You know, but Darren, when I was a kid, I didn't think about purpose to my life. I wanted to make a lot of money. <laughs> Give me a big paycheck. I don't care if I have purpose. I don't care if I'm making a difference. I don't care if it changes the world. I don't care if it makes things better. Just give me a big paycheck. But I think because our generation was so caught up in making money, the next generation came along and said, there's more to it than just making money. And they said, is there any purpose? And it said this when I was studying that millennials. It said they will quit a job not to make more money, but because they believe they can make a difference. Interesting, right? But I think, do, do, am, am I the only, because we can just maybe stop the message right now. Is there anybody here who wants to know why you're here? Does anybody believe it matters why you're here? I mean, do, do everybody, individually, is there a reason you're here? Is there a point to your life? <laughs> Does it matter? Did God just... As, as, as the world likes to say, we're just, we're just a happenstance that happens, we just live and then we die? Or did God sovereignly design you, place you here right now for a particular reason? I believe God has a plan for everybody here. Anybody with me? I believe God has a plan for everybody that is here. On top of that, we want to talk about individually, I believe there's a plan for everyone that is here. But is there a plan for the church? Hey guys, you guys talk to me. Is there a plan for Sand Hill Church? Is it just, are we just a random bunch of people who come here every week, we sing a few songs, we eat, and, and that's the point of the whole thing? And can I say that is what church has become for a lot of people. We talk about going through the motions and checking the box and all those things. But for a lot of people, it is show up on Sunday morning, it's like punching a time clock, you go through the motions, you go home, and I did church. Guys, that's not church. Churches, there's a reason we're here. There's a point to it. There's a purpose why we are here. Individually, there's a point to your life, and there's a point to the congregation why we are here. Does anybody believe that? And if you've been going here any time at all and you don't believe that, then you really haven't been paying attention because there's a reason we're here, guys. <clears throat> I believe it is a big deal to know what our calling is, what our purpose in life is. And so we're still talking about the attitude of prayer. We're still on the attitudes, been on the attitudes ever since January. We're talking about the attitudes of, of, of a church. But uh, this morning I want to think about being in sync. Now, again, I'm not a millennial, so I try not to embarrass myself here too much. But how many of you, how many of I just say this, how many of you less young people have ever had any trouble getting in sync, right? <laughs> had to call someone to help you get in sync, right? But what you're doing is you're, 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 you're aligning uh, two different things together, right? You're, you're getting one piece of technology to communicate with another piece of technology. Or, or could we say we're getting a created being to get in line with a sovereign being? We're getting in sync with his plan. So, so last time we studied the Lord's Prayer, we, we're not going to re-preach it, but we talked about what compartments and uh, um, categories, if you will, outlines. This prayer, it gives us uh, areas to, pr to pray about. 
Can I just say it maybe this way? It will help. I've been trying to really struggle how to get you guys to understand what this means. It's a plan. It's a plan to pray. You know, a lot of times it isn't that we aren't willing to pray. Sometimes I think it's that we don't know how to pray. And we need a plan to pray. And so we said last, last time, you know, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We're going to recognize who we're talking to. Guys, we're talking to God. But then we're going to move on and say, God, because I know you love me, because you're so great, I want what you had planned in heaven to work out in my life. And we said sometimes that may result in problems in life. Sometimes that may result in some rough times. But he's working his will on earth the way it is in heaven, sovereignly designed before the earth was created. Are you with me? That's not good. <laughs> is anybody with me? All right. Okay, thank you. So I'd like to go just a little farther with that idea this morning. So it is not a new, uh, uh, it is not a new thought that, how many of you ever heard this? When we pray, it's more about changing us than changing God. You guys ever heard that? And I think, I think it's a real mistake to think I'm going to get down and twist God's arm enough. If I fast long enough and I pray hard enough and I have faith enough, I'm going to make God do what I want him to do. How many of you know that's not what the Bible teaches? Right? We're not, we're not manipulating God. We're not getting God on our side. We are praying about a situation. And if we sincerely pray, especially as the Lord's Prayer teaches us, first soon we're going to learn that our thinking begins to change and we begin to realize what He wants is better than what we had planned. Is anybody with me? All right? So that's not a new thought. But here is a new thought that I want to introduce this morning. <clears throat> So I'm praying, Lord, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Gary's life, in Sandhill Church, have your will here. What you have planned for us, let it come to be. Let, it, let us get in sync with God. But have you ever thought about the fact that it may change my thinking? But I think, here, I think, here's, I think here's the wrong perception we have of that, of what has been said. Okay. I'm going to pray your will be done, and if I pray long enough, I'll give in and I'll go to Africa and live in a mud hut because that's what God wants. But you know, guys, that's wrong. You know what it really is saying? If I get all of this stuff out of the way, I'll want to go to Africa to live in a mud hut because it's the best life I can have. What I'm saying is, we think if I finally give in and do what God wants, I'm going to give in to God and I'm going to do it His way, and it's going to ruin my life. But how about if we think this way, if I get all of me out of the way and do what God wants, I'd have the best life I could ever have here on earth because I'd be in God's will. And guys, that is really what the Bible teaches, and I believe that's what this verse is teaching us. So if we would look at the Lord's Prayer and understand that we're understanding who we're talking to, that He's a whole lot smarter than us, that He had a plan for our life before we ever were born, and that He wants to bring that to pass, sometimes by uh, uh, the things that He sends into our life, taking us in the direction of His plan, I think it changes a lot of things. So let's just look real quickly at this, um, at finding God's plan for your life. I hope there are some people here, I hope everyone here wants to know why God wants you here. i just be honest with you, I'm getting a little older. Um, I realize I don't have as many years ahead of me as I have behind me. I realize I could, my life could be over very, very, very soon, as everyone here could be, but no matter how old you are. But, but I realize that, that life is coming to an end. 
if all I have is to get up and eat and make money and sleep and maybe do some meaningless hobby, I, I think that is a good reason to commit suicide. Are you guys with me? What I'm saying is there, there's, there's no point. There's no, there's no reason I mean, I get up and it makes no difference. If I don't eat and I don't sleep, it does not make a difference to anybody. I am a completely meaningless person. Does anybody want to live that way? I can tell you that's how a lot of people live. But what about if you got up every morning and you knew God called me and put me here for a reason and I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do? Is anybody getting this? You get up in the morning and you say, it matters, my life matters. I am, I am sovereignly uh, put here by God to do something for him. And it does not have to be going to a missionary a field. It does not have to be being a great preacher. It might simply be standing at the back door handing out bulletins. It might be greeting people when they come in with a smile. It might be speaking to someone at Walmart. But I have a reason for being here. And guys, when you take that off the table, life really... And, and, and when we lay our heads down in death, how many of you want to lay your head down in death and say, well, I just spent 80 years here. It didn't make no difference. <laughs> Things are not a bit different than they were when I came. How many of you like to lay your head down in death and say, I affected some people. I led some people to Jesus. God used me to do his work. You guys know my favorite scripture. I, 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 I haven't preached on it in a while. You preach on time, but it'd be an honor, a vessel of honor, meat for the master's use. That word meat just means appropriate. He, I just imagine as he looks over there in his tool shed and he says, there, there's the one I'm looking for. It's appropriate for me. It's meat for me. And he grabs that tool and he begins to work with it. Nothing to the tool, but what's in the, it's in the master's hand. The, the Lord can use us in a mighty way if we will let him. So we need to be in the plan uh, for our lives. Amen. You guys with me? I'm going to make, like Josh, make you guys stand up and... Uh, get awake. So let's look at the carnal version. This has been very misunderstood. I need you to pay attention because I, this has been over and over and over. I've, I've brought this out and I think it's really been confused. So I need you to pay attention. So we want to know what God's will is. We want to know what the plan is. But there is a carnal version of this. There's a carnal version. It goes something like this. Lord, what car do you want me to buy? Lord, what job do you want me to take? Lord, where do you want me to send my kids to school? Lord, it's all carnal. Now, is that bad? You guys, come on, is that bad? Is it bad to say, God, where do you, is that bad? No. I think it's probably good to ask God for those things. But is that really what's most important? How many of you know in 100 years from now, it doesn't matter what car I bought or where I work? But there's some things that will matter 100 years from now. Right? And so nothing wrong with those carnal things. But here's, here's my problem, guys. Here's what I want you guys to get here. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you guys to go somewhere. I, I feel like we're all tired this morning, uh, and I don't know how to get you guys uh, uh, with me. But, but listen, here's what we need to understand. Uh, um, there are people, there are Christians who live their entire Christian life, and they never think about a whole lot of anything except for carnal. I don't have enough money. I, I need to know which car to buy. I need to know what God wants to do about this. I, I have this family problem. It's all carnal, 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 carnal. And they never get around to anything else. Nothing wrong with asking God to help you with things. Nothing wrong with what is God's will in my life. But what I'm saying is there's more to it than that. There's more to it than that. So let's look at 
Let's look at the, the resistance version. So we looked at the carnal version. The carnal version is kind of all about here and now. It's all about things that really don't matter that are temporary. What about the resistance version? We said last week, if I pray, Father, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, he might send a sickness my way. He might send a tragedy my way. He might make my car break down. There's a lot of things may happen if I really say, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, if we believe he's taking us somewhere, I can take those problems and say, this must be leading me somewhere. I'm going somewhere, right? Otherwise, I'm just going to be miserable all the time. But so let's look at the resistance. So I pray, God, I get down, I pray, God, I know you're almighty and I know you're loving and you know all things. And, and God, would you have your will in my life today as it is in heaven, the way you planned it before the world began? Would you have your will in my life? And I go out and I've got a flat tire on my car. My refrigerator goes out. My furnace won't work. My spouse is sick. I lose my job. And I fight and complain and bellyache and tell everybody how bad life is and I don't understand why this is happening to me and uh, I, I, it's not fair and I'm discontent. Do you got, am, I, am I getting anywhere with you? Is anybody paying attention? What about if I said there must be a reason for this flat tire? It must be going to build my character. Amen. Well, maybe there's a reason I got to buy a new refrigerator. God's going to teach me a lesson. Maybe there's a reason that sickness came because God's doing something. Are you getting the difference between living a carnal life that's all fixed on now and living a spiritual life that says God's got a bigger plan? Are you guys getting the difference? There's a big difference here, guys. And if our focus is on now, because I see so many Christians, in, and if I could just be so blunt, there are Christians in this church. You know where their focus is at? Right here. Money, family, health. And that's all they ever talk about. That, that's all their prayer is, oh, pray for this, pray for this. It's always that, that, that. And they're miserable, and they're never happy, and they're always just wound up by themselves. But then there are other people here, they never think about those things. Because they're thinking about God things. Are you guys, am I, am I drawing the picture here? Are you guys getting this? I got a few of you nodding your heads. Thank you very much. <clears throat> so let's look at the spiritual version. So we looked at the carnal version. It's all about here and now. It's all about temporary things that really don't matter. Not those that's not wrong. It's just not the priority thing. We've looked about those who resist. Every time something bad happens, you complain, bellyache, try to figure out how to get out of it. You never think maybe God's trying to do something in your life. What about the spiritual version? What about the spiritual version? God, today, I want to understand my calling. I want to understand my purpose in life. And God, today, will you work things in my life here on earth the way you have it worked out in heaven? And then the bottom drops out. Can we say... Thank you, Jesus. You're taking me where I'm supposed to be going. <laughs> Guys, that changes everything. Listen, listen, listen. Everybody, everybody pull up. Listen, listen, listen. That takes away all the complaining. Is there's a little verse in the Bible, maybe it's a lie, maybe it's a misprint, maybe, maybe God made a mistake. There's a little verse in the Bible that says everything that happens, he's working it for your good. 
Now, it does say if you're being conformed to his image. And boy, I could preach a long time on that because this is exactly what I'm preaching this morning. If you're trying to get a better life now, then everything that happens to you is not good. But if you're trying to get in the perfect will of God, his plan for your life, his calling for your life, everything that happens is for your good. He's building character. And we've, we've had some testimonies, different ones of you have testified, and I could certainly testify, I don't have time, but, but we could testify that, that a lot of things have happened at the Sand Hill Church, a lot of tragedies and heartaches and, and burdens and trials and really bad things. If you look back over all the years, there's a lot of things happened. but can I just tell you my, for myself, I would not be the man I am today had I not went through all those heartaches. If God had not sent them my way, I would not be where I am spiritually today. Can I tell you, Sand Hill Church would not be the church it is today if we had not went through the things we went through. God sends those things because he loves us and he has a will for our life. And so the spiritual version is, what's my calling, God? How does this broke down refrigerator work into the plan of making me more like you? Conform to your image. If God has a plan for everybody, and if all things work to take you in the direction of that plan, and if we humbly, we, the points last week were, we're going to evaluate God, who he is, who we're talking to, and then we're going to surrender to his will. So everything he brings into our life is taking me where he wants me to go. What if I end up in a wheelchair the rest of my life? That's God's plan for my life. Do you guys get that? When we, when we take all of the, when we take everything else off the table and I just want to be in the, in the plan for his life, uh, Johnny Erickson Todd, I'm sure a few of you know who that she is. Uh, 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 I think since she was 17, she's been a quadriplegic. How many of you know that she is known all over the world and has spoke to literally thousands of millions of people and influenced them for Jesus Christ? How many of you know if that diving accident had never happened and she was healthy, she would never have reached those people? And here's what you got to know, guys. When she gets to heaven, she's not going to say, God, why did you let me be a quadriplegic? She's going to say, thank you, Jesus. You allowed me to be a cripple so I could reach all of these people for you. Is anybody getting this? But here's the thing, guys. With everything I'm preaching this morning, do you know what it requires? You got to get rid of you. You got to get rid of you. Because you don't like what I'm saying right now. I'm talking about your flesh. Raise your hand if your flesh wants to hurt real bad. Raise your hand if you want to suffer. Raise your hand if you want God to take something away from you. Your flesh does not want that. But sometimes that's what God wants because God's doing something in your life, right? And, and guys, this Christianity that is all about here and now it is a very carnal Christianity and it's not really found in the Word of God. And the, the 12 disciples... Um, you know, James and John, uh, they, they come to Jesus and they said, uh, you know, we would just sit on the right hand and the left hand. And he said, can you drink the, uh, the cup that I will drink of and, and be baptized, the baptism whereof I'll be baptized with? And they said, yeah. And he says, you will. And, you know, they were coming for a promotion, but you know what they signed up for? To be martyred. <laughs> right? That's what they got. They, they signed up to be martyred. They, they said, we want to be first in the kingdom. And he said, okay, can you do this? And they said, yeah, okay, you will. And they got martyred. They had their life taken for Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, so, 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 but, but here, I want you guys to get this. I hope you guys are getting this. I think a few of you are getting this. I'm not preaching doom and gloom. I'm preaching the best life you can have. 
Because the best life you can have is, is in Jesus Christ and where he'd have you be. So the spiritual version of this is, God, what's the plan for your life? Whatever comes into my life is taking me where my calling is, is leading me, and, and it will, uh, will eventually uh, turn out uh, to be where, what I need to be uh, in the end for you. <clears throat> so let's talk real, real quickly about a corporate vision. So we have an individual vision. So I believe if you're a born-again Christian, I believe every single person here, everybody under the sun, if you were a Christian, God has a plan for your life in particular. And I hope you guys believe that. But we are here as a congregation of people, if you will, a body of believers, a family of faith. Does God have a plan for us? Is there a plan for us? All of us together as a body, as a unit, is God have a plan for us? And I'm not going to re-preach everything I just got through preaching, but can I just tell you, sometimes to get the body where it needs to be, there has to be some uphill battles, there has to be some trials, there has to be some problems, there has to be some things happen in the church to get us where we're supposed to be. Are you guys with me? Are you guys following this? So we want to be in God's plan individually, but we want to be in God's plan corporately. And when we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're praying, God, bring to pass what you want the Sandhill Church to be and what you want us to be individually. And, and uh, that may not always be easy, uh, but it will be what God wants. And I believe in the end, it will be what is best. So point number two, the sweet spot. I know we probably don't have a whole lot of... Uh, Maybe a lot of athletes in here. or, um, But they tell me, the pro, I, I like to watch baseball, the, the, the pro, um, the professional ball players, they tell us that uh, you've all heard about the sweet spot, right? And, and, and this is what they tell you. So you got to imagine that ball's coming down the plate almost 100 mile an hour, and you've got a little piece of wood in your hand you're going to smack it with. And those guys literally, they get out there and they, and they, they, they bat until their hands bleed. Right? Because it hurts when you hit something going 100 mile an hour. Right? It hurts. Right? And, and you can imagine, and how many of you have ever experienced the sting of hitting a ball that's going really fast? It stings. Right? It hurts really bad. And so, so they get up there and they, and they bat and they bat and they bat and their hands bleed and they wear gloves and everything else. And all this. But here's what the professionals tell us. When I hit a home run and it goes all the way over the wall, it feels like I never even touched the ball. You know why? Found the sweet spot. I got it right in the right place, and there's no sting to it. It felt like I didn't even hit it, and it went over the wall. Why was it not doing that the other times? Because you wasn't in the sweet spot. <laughs> you was in the stinging spot, right? A little baseball lesson. All right, what does that have to do with, with, with church, okay? I want to be in the sweet spot. Anybody with me? Come on, guys, wake up. Does anybody here want to be in the sweet spot? Right where God wants you to be. Right where God can use you. Right where God can hit a home run with you. I want to be in the sweet spot. In the center of God's will. Is there anybody here that believes that of all of your hopes and dreams and, and everything that you want in life, is there anybody here that believes that if you individually would get right in the center of God's will, it would be the most joy you'll ever experience here on earth? Because, guys, we've tried the other way. We've tried living a Christian life for me. It's miserable. Can I get an amen? 
It's miserable. When you're living for you and what you want and your selfish desires and all the things you want, it is a miserable way of life. And what we're learning is, is that Christianity is putting off us and putting on Jesus and not just in our position, but how we live. It's all about Him. And that is the best life we can ever live. That's the most joy we can ever experience here on earth. So we have joy, we have contentment, we have purpose and fulfillment. Again, my life means something. Um, we, we did the devotionals, those of you that are doing the devotionals, I believe it was, um, it was a day or two ago. But the, it really caught my eye because I thought I, thought I hear this so much from you guys, but, but the, the, the devotional that we were doing, uh, it said that um, this person was like, I'm not really that important. I'm not up on the stage. I'm not a great singer. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a great soul winner. I'm not a missionary. I'm really just not that important. But the whole point was, yes, you are. Because, guys, it isn't all about who's up on stage. You know, it, it, you know what it's about? If you are in the center of God's will, you are as important as you can be to God. Whatever that is. Listen, somebody has to change diapers. And if that's what God wants you to do, that's just as important as preaching a message in the church because it's what God has you to do. And, and we go on and on and on. All of the things we do are important. So the point is, it's not uh, what man looks at, it's what God looks at. And I believe that God doesn't say, well, the guy on the stage is the important one. What God says is, the one who's in the center of my will, that's the important one. Do you want to be in the center of God's will? Your life is accomplishing something. You are needed. Here's what we've learned. We've learned this at Sand Hill, and, and, and they we're learning this all over the country. Um, I, just, I just listened to, I thought it was absolutely fascinating, but I listened to a podcast this week about big churches and little churches. And, and, and there are good things about big churches, and there are good things about little churches. And, and, but what we're learning is <clears throat> that there are people who want a small church. And the reason they want a small church is uh, uh, two reasons they want a small church. Does anybody know two reasons people want a small church? The one reason, and I think this is interesting. I don't have time to preach on it, but I think this is interesting. But the one reason people want a small church, they want the pastor to know their name. Do you know that matters to people? So if, you go, if, if we have 1,500 people here, we got 2,000 people here, there's a whole lot of people. I probably, don't even, I probably never speak to them. Don't even, wouldn't even know if they walked up to me, right? But when you're a small church, everybody knows everybody. Not only the pastor, but everybody knows everybody, right? I, I hope you're not here and say, I have no idea who that guy is in the pew with me. <laughs> everybody here knows everybody, right? We, we know each other. But here's the other thing they said. Not only do you know each other, in a small church, everyone can be involved. See, if you go to a church and there's 5,000 people there, you might go to see a performance but you don't have the opportunity to, unless you're a rock star, you don't get to get up on stage. You don't get to sing. You don't get to be the preacher. You don't, you don't get to be anything. You just sit there and go home. Now, I'm not putting that down. There's a place in, for, for all of that. My point is, sometimes the small church gives everybody the opportunity to be involved. And here's what we learn. At Sand Hill Church, here's what we've learned. When you know we are counting on you, you will be here. And when you know it doesn't matter, might as well stay home. Sister Kim come into my office this morning. I hope it's all right to say this, Kim, but uh, she's, she wasn't feeling good yesterday. She's not feeling good today. 
along with some of the rest of us. She's not feeling good. And I and she come in and she's telling me she wasn't feeling good. And I said something about, you know, you, well, you're here today. You must be feeling better. She says, well, I, no, I really don't feel good. And this is what she said. But those babies need me. When she didn't feel like coming, somebody needed her. And she got out of bed and came because there's a purpose to her life. Is anybody getting this message? Do you know why? Do you know, I, I would dare say that 99% of the people who, who have stopped coming to church, and especially at Sandhurst, do you know the big reason was they wasn't plugged in? It doesn't make a difference if I'm there or if I'm not. If I'm there, nothing changes. If I'm not there, nothing changes. But some of you know if you're not here, there's a great big hole left. And we need you. Can I say as a pastor, there's not one single person here we don't need? We need everybody here. And listen, every single person here is important. You're important to God. You're important to us. So there's a reason for your life. There, there's a, there is a calling on your life. There's a reason you are here. And guys, we've, we've said this so much. If you haven't got it now, I don't know if you're ever going to get it. But life isn't about you. This church isn't about you. It's about Jesus Christ. And I really think that's what that 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 is that is a uh, the the defining line between many churches is whether it's going to be about you or whether it's going to be about about Jesus Christ. And I simply have I don't know if I have this in your notes, but I simply have if this is not in your notes, please write it down. We need an end of you. We need an end of you. Amen. Come on, guys. We need an end of you. I need to get rid of all of you guys. Everybody here this morning. I need to get rid of you because you get in the way. This is all about Jesus. And see, the fighting, the, the arguing, the I didn't get my name mentioned, the, the hurt feelings, all the things we see in church all the time, all of that goes away if we get rid of you guys because we're here for Jesus. Does anybody follow me? Because we come here to worship Jesus. We didn't come here to fulfill your needs. And you say, well, the church isn't giving, fulfilling my needs. We're not trying to. It's not our, not our, not our point. We're here to try to lift up Jesus. And, and so if you understand that, then, then you can enjoy church. <clears throat> so that's the sweet spot. So we're trying to learn the plan of God. We understand that, that God has a plan for all of our lives and for the church. We find that sweet spot, which is right in the center of God's where we, we get in sync with God, the plan he has in heaven. We get it laid out in here. Now, this is really, really important. I want you guys to get this. I have been trying to live this out for some time in my life. It has changed my life, having these categories to pray through, having a way to, to life. But when you get those first two points down, that you're talking to your God in heaven who loves you and he's almighty and knows all things about you, and that you want your, his will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven for your life. When you get those things straightened out, then, then here's how I've learned to pray, guys. This is really important. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Anybody here like to have food on the table? Does anybody know where it comes from? Now, here's the way I pray, because I think this is what this scripture means, and, and I believe that this is accurate. Um, Jesus could have went into a long laundry list, uh, you know, Lord, please give me my cell phone and my internet service today. And <laughs> He could have went through all those things we really, really need, right? But he didn't do that. He said, give me our daily bread. But you know what I believe? I believe that covers everything that we need. And so I begin to pray, Lord, um, you know what I need today. You know I need you to protect my kids, my grandkids, my wife, all my family. And you know I need you to do that for me. You know we need something to eat today. You know, Lord, we need a roof over our head. 
You know, Lord, we need a way to be able to make a living. Lord, you know we need protection from anything out there that might harm us. We, Lord, you know that we need emotional protection from the things that may hurt us. Lord, you know we need spiritual protection from the things that may come again. Lord, you know all the things that we need this day. And so can I just say, Lord, today, would you give me everything I need? And guys, I've learned, and I'm please, I'm not trying to be super spiritual. I'm just trying to show you this prayer works. When you get it figured out who he is and, and, and what he's doing in your life, and you're praying in a spiritual manner and not in a physical manner, you can just simply say, uh, Lord, give me today what I need and have peace that everything's going to be all right. Is anybody with me? Does that make sense to me? Let, let's read, <clears throat> let's read, uh, um, you probably don't have your Bible open, but if you happen to have your Bible open, let's, let's drop down to verse uh uh, 25. And let's just see what Jesus has to say about this. He knew we were going to be thinking like it's kind of interesting. He puts this right after the Lord's prayer. But in verse 25, he says, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. I wonder what that means. Let me let me translate that from the Greek for you guys. It means take no thought for your life. <laughs> Are you guys with me? You don't sit around worrying yourself death. What are we going to do about this? And what are we going to do about that? How are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to have enough food? What am I going to do about clothes? He said, take no thought. Don't think about it. Trust God. Amen? Now, does that mean you don't go to work and you don't save for retirement? That's not what that means. It does mean you trust God. You do what you're supposed to do, and you trust him with the rest. Right? This is, uh, take no thought for, for your life, uh, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Well, that, we really need to hear that, and I don't have time to go through it, but we need to really take that to heart. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap. They gather into the barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much more, much better than they? Do you guys get that? He's taking care of all the, little, all the little rabbits around here. God feeds them every day. Are you more important than the rabbits? That's what he's saying. All the things in the world, God's taking care of them. He'll take care of you too because you're more important than they are. Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thought for, for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed as like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall not much more, shall not ye much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Do you get what he's saying? God's been taking care of this world for a long time, and you come along and think he's not going to take care of you. Come on, guys. He's saying you're more important to the Father than, than the things out in the world, and he's taking care of things in the world, so why wouldn't he take care of you? <clears throat> Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Let me, let me read that again. After all these things do the sinners seek, which is really what that's re referencing. The sinners, those who don't know God. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Anybody here ever felt like you needed to remind God that you got a bill coming due? You need to remind God that we need a warm house? He may have forgot. Tells us clearly, he knows what you need and he hasn't forgot. 
right? He's going to take care of us. <clears throat> but then he says, so after he goes through this whole really chastising us for not trusting him, he tells us what to do. Here's the instructions. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. What does it mean to seek first the kingdom of heaven? Well, I believe it's exactly what we've been preaching and exactly what this prayer teaches us. When we get our mind set on what Jesus wants in our life and we are committed to spiritual things and we're trying to serve him, Lord, how can I serve you? How can I be used by you? How can I tell others about you? How can I be uh, in your service? Our daily bread does not become our, our first priority. And we can simply say, okay, Lord, I want to be used by you today. I'm going to go about doing your work today and you know what I need and I just trust you to take care of me. And I've learned in my life, listen, me and Renee like to eat. We like to have a house to live in. We, we, we like to have clothes to wear. We like to, we like to be able to do uh, things in life that are fun. We like to do everything else. But I have learned, God, you're going to have to take care of that. Not me, you. Now, that still means I get up and go to work. That still means I have to manage our money. But it does mean I trust Jesus to take care of me. And can I just stand here and tell you, for all of these years, he's been faithful. He's been faithful. He's provided our needs. He's taken care of all the things we've needed. He's protected us. He's, he's blessed with everything that we need. He's been a good God to me. God will provide. And I want you guys to think about this. I really want you guys to get this. The agony of not trusting God. The agony of not trusting God. Oh, what are we going to do about our finances? Oh, what are we going to do about our health? Oh, what are we going to do about this happens? Oh, what are we going to do about that? And people live that way. Now, I'm not saying you're not a Christian. I'm just saying there's a whole lot better way to live. There's a lot better way to live than just being so concerned. You know what that better way is? Father, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and just take care of everything else. I'm going to seek you first. I'm going to seek your plan, your will, what you want me to do. And God, I'm just going to trust you to take care of the rest. Anybody here believes that'll work? Amen? So let's do it. Amen? We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.